Welcome to the podcast from the Sunday night service at New Life Church. The Sunday night service reflects a desire to be rooted in the historic expressions of faith while engaging God with our whole being in the world today. For more information on New Life Church, you can visit our website at newlifechurch.org. Good morning. How are you? Good to see all of you. All right, make a quick poll here this morning because I'm interested to see who's rooting for who today. How many of you are going to root for the Colts? That wasn't bad. How many are going to be a part of Houdat Nation today? All right. All right, that's, I'm a part of that. You've got a big pot of shrimp gumbo that I'm going to be cooking this afternoon. I'm from Louisiana, so I would not be able to go back to my home if I didn't root for New Orleans. So we're going to have a big pot of gumbo and root. How many of you have no idea what I'm talking about and don't care? All right. <laughs> like, what? Who? Who's playing what? All right. This morning, you know, uh, part, of, part of the thing that God's doing at New Life Church, and, and I think it really started happening last summer, was God really began to put on all of our hearts to become a James 127 church. And in James 127, Scripture says that pure religion undefiled before God and the Father is this, to, keep, to take care of widows and orphans in their distress and to keep our own heart unspotted from the world. And so it was a mandate from James to say, one of the primary missions of New Life Church, of the local church, should be to take care of widows and orphans. And you know, for the last couple of years, we have really focused our attention on orphans. And we have seen God do an amazing miracle, not only in the state of Colorado, but in children's lives throughout the world. In fact, we have two, some children from Haiti who are now in uh, families here at New Life because of our commitment to taking care of the orphans. But so several weeks ago, I felt like the Lord said in my quiet time, Brady, I want you to take care of the widows in your own house. And because that's what the, really the first assignment of the church in Jerusalem, the first problem they encountered was taking care of the widows. And that's where the deacon, the diaconate, the deacon ministry came because there were so many widows to take care of and so few people to do the work. And so I began to pray, Lord, I, I don't know what you want me to do, but you just point, the, point me in the right direction because my mom is, has been a widow for five years. She just recently remarried, but for five years she was a widow. So I understand the uh, burden of being a widow, the, 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 the pressure of being a widow, and one of the hardest things for a widow to do after the death of her husband is to come to church by herself. And I know that to be a, a very real pain in my mom's life. And I, want, I know it's a real pain for widows here in our own fellowship. And so the Lord led me to Kim Trovey, a, a, a lady in her church. She has a passion for, uh, for taking care of widows. And I want Kim to stand this morning. I want to point her out to you. This is Kim Trovey, a member of New Life, a volunteer part of our church. Here's what um, I'm asking you to do. If you are a widow who wants to be more connected, wants to be a part of, the, this is, these are small groups that we're starting. Small groups for widows. Last Sunday we had groups Sunday where a lot of groups were out here in the rotunda. This Sunday I'm saying we want to start small groups for widows. So if you want to lead a small group for widows or if you are a widow who wants to be a part of one of these small groups, then I want you to make connection with Kim Trobe. She's going to be right down here in the front, right after the start of the, at the end of the service. So I want you to come down and let her know of your interest to be a part of a group or to lead a group, okay? All right, that's phase one of us taking care of widows in our church, and we'll have more and more opportunities as the days come. All right, turn in your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 1, and also 1 Corinthians chapter 12. 1 Corinthians 1, 
1 Corinthians 12. We're, gonna, we're in the middle of a series called The Supernatural. And this morning, and for the next several weeks, and probably the next six or seven weeks, we're going to dive in to the list of spiritual gifts that we find in Scripture. We're going to focus primarily on 1 Corinthians 12, 13, and 14. But we'll also take a look at the list of gifts in Romans chapter 12. There's, throughout Scripture, there's probably depending on who's counting, 25 to 30 spiritual gifts that Paul and the other writers point out in Scripture. And we're going to take a look at several of them in the next several weeks. Now, let me just say this up front. I want the next several weeks not just to be a, an exercise or some kind of academic exercise in learning about gifts. That, that's part of it. Certainly, I believe many of us in the crowd here today probably don't know a lot about the Holy Spirit and about spiritual gifts. So that is part of me talking is, is explaining them and having an academic exercise. But if that's all we accomplished, then we have failed. What I'm really hoping for and praying for as your pastor is that all of us, including myself, fall more in love and eagerly desire more of the Holy Spirit. Not just the gifts of the Holy Spirit, but the Holy Spirit himself. The Holy Spirit, and, and Pastor Aaron had a brilliant statement last Sunday as he was talking, that the Holy Spirit is not the bronze medalist of the Trinity. The Holy Spirit is not God the Father and God the Son's errand boy that does all the dirty work. The Holy Spirit is God. And we have to embrace the mystery of the Holy Spirit. Oftentimes we can get our mind around God the Father and we can put our arms around Jesus the man, the Jesus part of the Trinity. But oftentimes we have trouble understanding the mystery, the mysterious nature and the workings of the Holy Spirit. So it's my desire that for myself and for you that we begin to eagerly desire spiritual gifts. That we fall in love with the work and the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Let me give you an example of the life that I'm trying to point out. This morning, right before church, always around 8.30ish or so in my office, a group of us gather and we pray over this service. We pray for God to move. We pray for the Holy Spirit to be active. We pray all kinds of prayers over the church service. And this morning, while I was praying, just kind of out of, out of the blue, I said, Lord, in the 9 a.m. service, I want you to surprise us. Surprises. Don't let us get into this ritual, this routine of just showing up at church and doing the same thing. Lord, would you invade our world this morning and surprise us? And then Pastor John Egan gets up, up here, and he says, Lord, will you surprise us? Now, he wasn't in my office when we prayed. That kind of came out of him, and it came out of me. See, this is the working of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is saying to us this morning, he wants to surprise us. He wants to be unpredictable at times, mysterious and risky. This is what I'm talking about, the Holy Spirit speaking to all of us, doing something in all of us. That's not something to be afraid of. That's something to embrace. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 4 says, I always thank God for you because of his grace given you in Christ Jesus. For in him you have been enriched in every way, in all your speaking and all your knowledge, because our testimony about Christ was confirmed in you. Verse 7 is the key. Pay attention here. Verse 7. Therefore, you do not lack any spiritual gift as you eagerly wait for our Lord Jesus Christ to be revealed. He will keep you strong to the end so that you will be blameless on the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. God, who has called you into fellowship with his son, Jesus Christ our Lord, is faithful. New life, please look at me for a minute. We are not lacking any spiritual gift in this body. They are all here. Everything we read in Scripture, the 25 to 30 gifts that we're going to read about in Scripture, they are here among us. Let me ask you a question. What are some of the most forgettable Christmas presents, gifts you've ever received? 
You know, the kind you open, you fake smile, and as soon as the person leaves that gave it to you, you re-gift it or give it away. You know, give it back to, remember those gifts? And then there are some things that people give you that you use and use and use. They're memorable. All right, we have a rule at our house, at the Boyd household. If we don't use something for over a year, we didn't need it. If it's, I'm not a, I, I am a kind of a anti-rat packer. I don't pack, I, I hate clutter. And if it, we haven't used it, give it away. Let's give it away to somebody who will use it. All right, so let me ask you a question, church. When was the last time you used your spiritual gifts? When was the last time that your spiritual gifts were used? When was, this week? This month? In the last year? See, I'm, I, want to, I want to challenge us this morning because some of us don't even know what our spiritual gifts are. In fact, uh, uh, we had a thing that we were interviewing some people for and about 50 people were interviewed. 90% of the people we interviewed, this is like two weeks ago, about 50 people we interviewed for this thing that we're doing at church, and I don't want to point it out too much, about 90% of them had no idea what the baptism in the Holy Spirit was. They're new lifers. Had no idea when it came to the question, have you been baptized in water? Yes. Have you been baptized in the Holy Spirit? 90% of the 50 we interviewed said they had no idea what we were talking about. So it's possible that many of us sitting in the pews this morning, first of all, don't even know we have spiritual gifts. And we certainly have never even tried to discover what they are in our own lives, much less use them. Well, here this morning, I'm not here to shame you. I'm here to say to you, you have gifts. God has invested spiritual gifts in every one of us. All of us, not just professional ministers, not just people up here on the stage, not just Pastor David, not just me. All of us have been given gifts. Now, according to this, we have have everything we need to be strong to the end. Okay, go with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And by the way, if you've never taken a test just to see what your spiritual giftings may be, it's on the front page of our website today. Front page newlifechurch.org, click on what are my spiritual gifts, it takes about five or ten minutes to answer those questions, and that can be step one for you to discover how God may have gifted you in your personal life. Newlifechurch.org, go to the front page of our website, click on what are my spiritual gifts, and I want to challenge every one of you to take the test. I want you to shut down our server this afternoon, right before the game. Shut down the server. There's so many people uh, taking the spiritual gifts test. I want to, we'll, we'll just hire somebody to come fix it, okay? But I want you to, every one of us, to take the test. Because, listen, if God, if God has given you a gift, do you think it's a good gift? Do you think it should be ignored? Do you think it should be used? How often should it be used? As often as he wants us to use it. To ignore a gift of God, to ignore it, to push it aside and to never use it is saying to God, I don't value your gift. I don't want to be used by you. But for all of us, no matter where you are, the first step is discovering how you're gifted. The second step is using them. 1 Corinthians 12 verse 4 is one of the exhaustive list of scriptures. Now today, we're going to talk about two of them, but let's read this passage together. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same spirit. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but the same God works all of them and all men. Now to each one, underline that, very critical. Now to each one, all of us, nobody is left out. The manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. 
To one there is given the spirit of the, the, the message of wisdom. To another, the message of knowledge by means of the same spirit. To another, faith by the same spirit. To another, gifts of healing by that one spirit. To another, miraculous powers. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between spirits. To another, speaking in different kinds of tongues. And to still another, the interpretation of tongues. All of these are the work of the one and the same spirit and he gives them to each one just as he determines. Now, we'll read other scriptures later, but it's okay to ask for some of these gifts, but it's the Holy Spirit who ultimately decides which giftings are placed in each of us and which ones are available for all of us. Now, I personally believe you can operate in all of these if you want and if you're willing because I want you to write this down. God has more spiritual gifts than he has people who are willing to use them. So you're in luck this morning. If you want all of these, I believe there is, God is just looking for somebody who'll say, I'll use me, God. I'm available. There are so few people who say they are available. I believe God would give you just about whatever you ask if you were available and willing to use them. This morning, I want to talk about the first two that are listed here, wisdom and knowledge. Wisdom and knowledge. Now, let me give you my personal definition of a spiritual gift. My personal definition of a spiritual gift is the Holy Spirit at work in us in a particular way to continue the work of Christ. Now, notice this. Leave that up there for a second. The Holy Spirit at work in us in a particular way to continue the work of Christ. Did Jesus leave us with a mission? Wow. Wow. Let me ask this question. This is supposed to be a discussion. Let me ask this group over here. Did Jesus leave us with a mission to accomplish? Okay, so we, it's up to us. He put all of his chips on our table and said, plan A is for me to use humanity to continue the work of Jesus on the earth, and I will send them the Holy Spirit working through them so that my kingdom can come to the earth in its fullness. He has no plan B. It's us. It's me and you, you and I. It's the people in this room, along with the other churches that are gathering right now across Colorado Springs. It is our mission to fulfill, and he said, I have supplied you with all that you need, everything you need. That's what a spiritual gift is. So let's talk about this gift of wisdom. How many of you have ever awakened in the middle of the night wondering how to make a decision? Wrestling with something, struggling with something. How many of you have ever sat with a group of people at work and your company, your business, the place where you work was at a critical crossroads and you had consulted, you had asked people for help, you had prayed and then suddenly, suddenly, like an aha moment appeared and someone who never has a good idea said, <laughs> I have, the, I have a, an answer. I believe the gift of wisdom is a special ability given by God through the Holy Spirit to give wise counsel in certain situations. I can look back over my time, especially in the last two and a half years of leading New Life, where we have been at critical crossroads, serious discussions, things that a 40, 41, 42-year-old young man had no business deciding. And yet, the Holy Spirit would invade our meetings and invade us. And in a moment, the things that seemed so complex and so difficult suddenly crystallized in front of us and became simple. And it was like an aha moment, the Holy Spirit invading us and saying, this is what you should do. 
This is a lifestyle that all of us should be living in. All of us should have the ability to ask God by the power of the Holy Spirit for wise counsel in certain situations. This is what scripture says. Listen to what happened in the life of Jesus. Luke chapter two, verse 46. After three days, they found him in the temple courts, sitting among the teachers, listening to them, asking them questions. And everyone who heard him was amazed at his understanding and his answers, verse 52. And Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and men. Now we know that Jesus was fully human and he was fully God, but Jesus limited himself. And so as a human being, Jesus was allowing the work of the Holy Spirit to develop wisdom in in him as a young man. So as a 12-year-old, Jesus, by the power of the Holy Spirit, was able to sit with the, the leaders of the church and amazed them at his answers. There was an amazement. Listen, if you're under the age of 20, you know, most, of the, most uh, scientists say that our frontal lobe, which d- determines how we make decisions, they don't develop until you're about 25 years old. That's why they won't rent you a car until you turn 25. Seriously. Listen, if you're under the age of 25, you may not be able to rent a car, but you can astound people with your wisdom. Listen to me, students. You can be wise if you allow the Holy Spirit to work in your life, to operate in your life. You can astound your teachers. You can astound people around you with wisdom if you ask for it. If you will allow the Holy Spirit to work inside of you, to live in you and through you, you can have the answers. You don't have to live a confused life. Now there's two, two, two trains of thought here on these gifts, wisdom and knowledge, There's two theological viewpoints, and I want to point them out to you today. One theological viewpoint says that wisdom and knowledge are not miraculous gifts. That they may be special abilities given to us by the Holy Spirit, but it's not a miraculous invasion of your world. In other words, some people are just going to have a natural inclination given by God to be wise, to maybe be good learners, to be good students, to be able to process information better than other people. That's one theological viewpoint. I believe that it is a miracle. The other theological viewpoint says that that wisdom is a miraculous intervention of God into our world, giving us wise counsel in very confusing times. I believe it is a miracle. Now, this does not mean we should not pursue wisdom in the natural. In fact, it would be foolish of us to not pursue wise counsel in the natural realm. In other words, I think you should be, all of us should be voracious readers, I think you should hang around wise people. I think when you're at a moment of decision, you should ask wise people for their advice. So we don't check our brain at the door here. Keep reading. Keep hanging around wise people. Keep cultivating the the, the personal uh, wisdom that we all need. Ask people for their advice. However, do not limit the ability of the Holy Spirit to miraculously invade your mind and heart and give you the answer even after you've done all those other things. That's where I stand on the gift of wisdom. On the day, let me tell you something that happened to me personally with this gift. I've asked for this gift of wisdom. I've asked for it. James said if any of you lack wisdom to ask for it, so I ask a lot. A lot. On the day that the shooting happened on our campus, Something miraculous happened to me personally. And I've shared this once or twice before, but it's been a while. About 2.30 or 3 o'clock in the afternoon after the shooting, we were all sequestered out in that bubble tent building out here. And Jack Hayford, Pastor Jack Hayford, had been our guest speaker that day, and he was right by my side after all the chaos and stuff that was swirling around. And it was about 30 minutes. I was, I was scheduled to go out there and meet with all the national and the local media 
And I really didn't know what I was supposed to say. I had very little information, but I knew I needed to say something to the media. And so I'm sitting there going through my thoughts about what I might be asked, how I might answer it. And Pastor Jack, sensing that I was wrestling with some of these things, came over to me. He's about 6'4", 6'5", big guy. And he's got a long nose. And he you know, put his hand down on my shoulders. It's pretty intimidating. Put his hands on both my shoulders. And he said, Brady, look at me. I said, yes, sir. And he said, Brady... You are not going to make a bad decision for 10 days. And he prayed over me, this powerful, real simple prayer. And suddenly, something settled in me. I said, can you make it like six months? I mean, why did you limit yourself to 10 days? Good grief. If you're going to pray that kind of prayer over me. <laughs> you see, what happened is something settled in me. Something calmed my mind cleared. I, I have experience with the media and experience with all that stuff, but something supernatural was released in me. More than just my natural experience and my natural training that I'd had at college, the Holy Spirit then began to invade my heart. Something began to happen. And, and I was reminded of the scripture in 2 Timothy 1, uh, an older Paul writing to a younger Timothy, much like Pastor Jack with me. He said, for this reason I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you. Notice this, listen to me, it's in you. I had it in me that day. I have the gift of wisdom, I believe I have that. But somebody had to lay hands on me and say, Brady, I fan it into flame now. He says, for this reason I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. So at the end of the service today, I believe some of you just need to have somebody pray for you. Maybe you, haven't, maybe you know your gifts, but you haven't used them in a long time. Maybe today you just need somebody like Pastor Jack did for me that day say, Bob, I fan into flame the gifts of the Holy Spirit that are in you. I stir them up again. I call them out of you. It is in you. It is in us. The Holy Spirit's already given you. By the way, the Holy Spirit's already given you the gifts. They're there. They're in you. If you're a Christ follower, you have all that you need right now. But sometimes we just need people to say, Brady, you, I fan into flame the gifts of the Holy Spirit by the laying on of my hands. Here's the second gift I want to talk about this morning is the gift of knowledge. My definition is this, that it's a special ability given by God through the Holy Spirit to have special knowledge of situations or people. Let me just say this, I have this gift. I've operated in this gift for many, many years. But when I became here, when I, I stopped using it as much because I was so focused on preaching and leading and, uh, and all, crisis management and some other things that I, I, I have let this gift grow dormant in me. I mean, I have story, I have hundreds of stories. But a few weeks ago in Guest Central, a young lady walked up to me and said, and Pastor Brady, I know this is going to feel really weird when I say this. I know I'm, you're going to think I'm a weird person, but I'm going to tell you anyway. I think I'd be disobedient if I didn't tell you this. I said, okay. I'm braced. You know what in the world? I never met this young girl. I don't know what she was going to say to me. And uh, she said, I believe God spoke to me that you have a word for me. <laughs> well, I get that sometimes, you know. I don't want a long line out in Guest Central in a minute, all right? But here... <laughs> I said, well, let me, you know, I, I felt like the Holy Spirit said, ask me, you might. I said, well, give me 30 seconds. And in like five seconds, I said, here's what I said to her. Your heart's broken, 
the young man you just broke up with was not the right guy. God's asking you to wait patiently for the man that he's going to send you. And I know your heart is broken. Let your heart be healed. But the right man is on his way. Uh, How do I know that? I've never met the girl before. See, the Holy Spirit has the ability to give us insight if you'll ask. Do you believe that? Now, listen, either I'm a liar, a lunatic, or that was the Holy Spirit. There's no explanation. I have hundreds of stories like that where I can look at people and don't, I don't want you to think I'm weird. I don't read everybody's mind. But sometimes the Holy Spirit has given me the ability to say very specific things about people that only God could reveal to me. And that's in a lot of you out here, by the way. It was in Jesus. In John chapter 4, verse 16, he is, he's sitting by a well one day by himself and a woman walks up to him in the middle of the afternoon and he said, go call your husband and come back. He, he, she said, I have no husband, she replied. And Jesus said to her, you're right when you say you have no husband. The fact is you have had five husbands and the man you now have is not your husband. What you have just said is quite true. Now, Jesus had never met this woman. His disciples had not given him any information about this woman. Yeah, you say, well, Bray, that's Jesus. Well, I'm not Jesus. I did it. You can do this. Why, why, why would God do that with us? Let me tell you what happens. It's really encouraging to people. It's very encouraging to people to know that God knows them well enough to speak something specifically to another person on their behalf. I was sitting in a counseling session one time with a guy, and this is one of those church members that made my life miserable. This is years ago, not here, because none of you have ever done that. But this man, no matter what decision we made as a pastoral team, he opposed it. And we could say, Jesus is at the front door handing out $100 bills. He would be upset with that for some reason. He was one of those guys that no matter what we said, he argued, called a meeting, wanted, wanted to oppose it and to argue all the time. So another pastor friend of mine, we decided to have a meeting with him to encourage him to fellowship with another local body. It was just really aggravating. Please bless another church is what the, we were going to say. So in the middle of the meeting, he comes in literally with a list of things that we were doing wrong. And we may have been doing things wrong, but not every meeting, not every single thing we were doing wrong. And he starts reading through his list. And literally, I just kind of blocked it out because I was tired of hearing it. I was waiting for him to get to the end of his list so I could encourage him. And suddenly, it's like the Holy Spirit said, Brady, you want to know why he's acting this way? I said, boy, would I ever. And just like that, pow. I got this clear mental picture, okay, just a real clear mental picture. And I interrupted him. I said, hey, I know your list is important. Can I, can I just share something with you that I feel really impressed by God to share? He said, okay. And I said, tell me if this means anything to you. I see a 10-year-old boy hiding under his bed, hoping that his dad will not find him and keep beating him. Does that mean anything to you? Oh, falls out of his chair on the ground. He said, after he stopped crying, he said, when I was 10 years old, my dad would beat me, beat me all the time. And under the bed one day, I made a vow in my heart that I would never, ever trust another man in authority, including pastors, because my dad was a pastor, but he would beat me at home. 
Now you see, you understand something. Instead of this guy continuing as a disgruntled, angry, difficult man who could not trust it, God showed us in that counseling time the root cause of why, why he would always oppose us as pastors. Now, I just saw this guy about three months ago when I went back to Dallas. He is doing great. He, is, he loves people. He is involved. He's leading. He's serving. His family's doing great. Because on that day, in that office, the root cause, this pain that was causing him to do something he didn't want to do, but he'd made an inner vow with it, this word of knowledge broke it in his heart. We prayed over him. We took him through inner healing. We led him through forgiveness. We loved him. Listen, this is the kingdom of God. We cannot ignore the vast amount of scriptures that say that God will reveal truth to us if we ask. John 16, 13 says, when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears and he will tell you what is yet to come. If you ask. Now in that counseling session, I had a choice. I had a choice. I could just ignore the whispers of the Holy Spirit in my life. And that guy right now would probably be in another church making another pastor's life miserable. Or I could be sensitive to what the Holy Spirit might be saying to me. And we could deal with the root cause and let's set a guy free. All right, parents, listen to this. You want to be a great parent? I mean, it's an unbelievably great parent. Now, kids, you're not going to like this. Students, you're not going to like this. But parents, you're going to love this. When I was 19 years old, I was a freshman in college. And one night, and I've told you I've had a rough past. And I haven't told you details because I don't glory in my bad past. But I'm going to tell you this story for the sake of the story. One night, I'd been drinking way too much. And I, I was way past the legal limit. And I should not have been driving. At 3 a.m., I, I, because I was a moron, I got in my truck. I had the spirit of moron on me. I, I got in my truck. And I drove about 3 a.m., completely intoxicated, across town and to this apartment where I was living. And I don't remember much about the drive. I remember driving. I don't remember how I got in my house, but I passed out on my bed. About 6.30 in the morning, the phone rings. Now, I'm living in Louisiana. My parents at this time were living in Macon, Georgia, halfway across the country. My mom has this gift. Every mom has this gift. She calls me and says, Brady, how are you? Well, I'm still, not, I'm not doing good still. And I said, fine, 6.30 in the morning. And she said, uh, where were you last night at 3 a.m.? Asleep? I lied. I said, I'm, I was home in bed. She goes, well, it was strange because about 3 a.m. I woke out of a dead sleep with a burden to pray for your safety. What what was going on, Brady? Because you were in danger last night. I know because the Holy Spirit told me to pray for your safety. Well, I lied again, you know, and just said, oh, I don't know, Mom. Not told her later. But you know what what happened in my heart at that point? Now, this this is where I, I wasn't, it wasn't long after that I became a believer. You know why? I began to think as a young man, God in heaven loved me enough that even in my stupidity, in my ignorance, in my poor decision making, he cared enough about me as a young man to awaken my mother hundreds of miles away to pray for my safety. He must love me. And that began a journey in my heart to walk away from this rebellion that I was in 
and walk back toward Christ. Listen, moms and dads, the children of new life shouldn't get away with anything. And I believe a lot of parents, you're not asking. If, you, if you're a parent, if for no other reason, you want to know what your kids are doing when they're not with you? Ask them and then ask the Holy Spirit. You'll get the truth one, one way or the other. Our children, you come to New Life Church, the kids of New Life Church shouldn't get away with anything. If we're spirit people, I guarantee y'all, I, there's a lot of you parents know these stories, don't you? You've done this with your kids. You didn't, maybe, you didn't know all the details. You knew you needed to pray for your kids at some moment, at some time. And you obeyed the Holy Spirit. And we may not know until we get to heaven what those prayers did, what it prevented, what happened as a result of our sensitivity to the Holy Spirit. But I can sure promise you something. It did something. The kingdom of heaven came into your children's lives. I want to read this final passage out of Ephesians 1. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you, listen to this, capital S, capital S, the spirit of wisdom and revelation. It could say wisdom and knowledge. Paul is praying over the church. I pray that the Holy Spirit would give you wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. Remember I said at the beginning of the talk, the ultimate goal this morning is not for us to fall just in love with the Holy Spirit, the gifts of the Holy Spirit, but to know God better. And you can only know God in his fullness if you know the power and the working of the Holy Spirit in your life, if you embrace the Holy Spirit in your life. I pray also that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints and his incomparably great power for us who believe. I pray today over New Life Church that he would give all of us the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that we might know him better and that we might know the incomparably great power that is in work in all of us. Can I pray for you this morning? Would you close your eyes and would you ask right now if, these, if you need wisdom, is it possible sitting right, sitting right where you're sitting that the Holy Spirit might possibly give you the answer that you've been looking for right now? But you gotta ask, okay? You gotta be sensitive, you gotta ask. Just ask. Lord, I'm, I'm at a loss, I don't know what to do. I need wisdom. You've already read all you need to read, probably. You've talked to everybody you know what I've talked to. Now, would you allow the work of the Holy Spirit in your heart? Have you left open the idea that maybe it's the Holy Spirit that wants to reveal it to you? Would you just let that gift be stirred up in you this morning? I wish I could just lay hands on all of you and stir up that gift today and pray for that thing to be fanned into flame that's in your heart already. It's already in you. You just need it to come alive. You need it to be empowered. You need it. Some of you need this gift of knowledge. You need to know information, situations, things that are happening in your life. You need to know. Parents, you need, to, you need this gift. Listen, God has given you this gift so you can be a great parent. You're not doing this to punish your kids, to be like big brother watching over your kids. You're doing this to, to introduce your children to the workings of the Holy Spirit, to let them know that God cares about them. You just need the gift of knowledge, the gift of wisdom today. It's here for us. It's in you. We got all the gifts at New Life Church. They're all right here. And we just got to ask for them. 
So Holy Spirit, I pray today in Jesus' name that you would fan into flame the gifts of God in all of us. Fan it into flame today. Stir it up in us. Father, I pray today that we would be a people who know the incomparably great power that's working in us, that we would know you better because we are in love and we embrace the gifts and the workings of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. All right, this morning, I want our altar ministry team to step out. And I'm, I really, we're here to pray for anything you have. I mean, if there's anything going on in your life. But maybe, maybe you're new to the Holy Spirit. And you just like someone to pray for you to receive the Holy Spirit, to receive this gifting. Let's just stand this morning, if you will. Prepare to dismiss. But I'm just going to invite you. Don't get in a hurry. The game doesn't start for several hours, all right? We'll stay here and pray. Don't just rush out. The queso dip will make itself later, all right? Let us pray for you today. Let us pray together today. And I want to invite you down. If, that's, if you're brand new to the things of the Holy Spirit, or maybe like me, there is giftings that you have in your life that you haven't used in a long time. Maybe you've been dormant. Maybe you know that you've your spiritual gifts, but they've been very dormant. I want to pray for you today. Listen, God, is, God needs us to get involved here. God needs us to be engaged with the things of the Holy Spirit. So I want you to step out if that's you this morning. Let us pray. By the way, Kim Trilby, where are you? Where's Kim? Okay, you come up here and she's going to stand right here to my right. If you're a widow or if you want to lead a, a group for widows, she's right here. I want you to come bombard her. I want there to be a line down the aisle for people who want to help with widows, all right? Let's pray together. Father, in Jesus' name, thank you for the work of the Holy Spirit, the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Let us get to know you better as we, as we discover the truths in Scripture. Father, bless, bless the people today. Strengthen us. Encourage us. In Jesus' name. Amen. Guest, if you're a guest, we're going to. I'm on, uh, we got a leaders. Guest Central, come be with a part of this. Have a great Sunday. Enjoy the game. Enjoy each other.